This is Shakespeare Closely Read. I'm your host, Mark Naftal. In this podcast, I read the works of William Shakespeare and other authors in the public domain. In addition to reading these works in their entirety, I'll stop frequently to comment on the text, its meaning, and lessons to be drawn. This is a place for lovers of Shakespeare's words, words, words. I delight in the beauty of his language and believe that this beauty we can find truth and how to live a virtuous life. I hope this podcast can help students understand Shakespeare better and how to appreciate his sometimes difficult language. Maybe you can use it to help you write papers or study for tests. Drop me an email at shakespeareclosely at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, alternative interpretations, or would like some help. Let us begin. Last time, we continued with Julius Caesar, and we had his uh, the famous short speech uh, of Caesar about death. I'm going to repeat that because I, I, it's good and it's short. Caesar. Cowards die many times before their deaths. The valiant never taste of death but once. Of all the wonders that I that I yet have heard, it seems to me most strange that men should fear, seeing that death, a necessary end, will come when it when it will come. So Caesar seems very uh, fatalistic, I suppose you could say there. And he says, "It's just gonna when when you die, ready to die, you will die." Enter a servant, and what say the augurers, servant? They would not have you stir forth today. Plucking the entrails of an offering forth, they could not find a heart within the beast. Okay, so Caesar, of course, being the heart of Rome, uh, and that's a bad sign indeed, Caesar. The gods do this in shame of cowardice. Caesar should be a beast without a heart if he should stay at home today for fear. No, Caesar shall not. Danger knows full well that Caesar is more dangerous than he. We are two lions littered in one day, and I, the elder, and more terrible, and Caesar shall go forth. Okay, so he says there, uh, danger he personifies as, uh, I guess it could be lionizes, if you will, as a lion, and he's the other one. Uh, and he's been called a wolf before. You see various beasting uh, metaphors used uh, for Caesar here. Danger is a lion, and so is he. And um, he just laughs off the terrible omen is saying, hey, it's because I wouldn't have a heart if I didn't go out today. Notice, too, he's referring to himself in the third person. Caesar is this. Caesar is that. Uh, some politicians do that. Bob Dole used to do that. He would say, Bob Dole will do this. Bob Dole will do that. And so now he's Caesar. Caesar will do this. Caesar will do that. Caesar shall go forth. Calpurnia, his wife. Alas, my lord, your wisdom is consumed in confidence. Okay, there we have uh, alliteration of consumed confidence. Back to the text still, Calpurnia. Do not go forth today. Call it my fear that keeps you in the house and not your own. We'll send Mark Anthony to the center house, and he shall say you are not well today. Let me upon my knee prevail in this, she kneels. Okay, um, notice there uh, she takes the royal we, if you will. We'll send Mark Anthony. Caesar. Mark Anthony shall say, I am not well, and for thy humor, I will stay at home. He lifts her up. Okay, he's reverted back to uh, first person singular there. It's I rather than Caesar. Um, so he's becoming a bit more human, and uh, he's humoring his wife, human, if you will, and he's humoring his wife, saying uh, that he will uh, he will stay home. Enter De- Decius. Here's Decius Brutus. He shall tell them so. Caesar, all hail. Good morrow, worthy Caesar. I come to fetch you to the Senate House. Fetch you, notice he's a thing, Caesar. 
You are come in very happy time to bear my greetings to the senators and tell them that I will not come today, cannot as false, and that I dare not fault, sir. I will not come today. Tell them so, Decius. Calpurnia, say he is sick. Caesar, shall Caesar send a lie? Okay, he's back to a third person now. Have I in conquest stretched mine arm so far to be afeard to tell graybeards the truth? DCO, go, Decius, go tell him Caesar will not come. Caesius, most mighty Caesar, let me know some cause, lest I be laughed at when I tell them so. Okay, so he's laying the groundwork there to uh, persuade him, uh, tell him that he's going to look ridiculous. Uh, and Decius says it, I, but uh, really it's the whole idea of being laughed at. And Caesar, no, cannot abide that. Caesar, the cause is in my will, I will not come. Okay, two wills there. The cause is in my will, I will not come. That is enough to satisfy the Senate. But for your private satisfaction, because I love you, I will tell you, I will let you know. Calpurnia here, my wife, stays me at home. She dreamt tonight she saw my statue, which like a fountain with a hundred spouts, did run pure blood, and many lusty Romans came smiling and did bathe their hands in it. And these does she apply for warnings and portents and evils imminent, and on her knee hath begged that I will stay at home today. Okay, so Caesar is telling the truth there. Decius. This dream is all misinterpreted. It was a vision fair and fortunate. Your statue spouting blood in many pipes, in which so many smiling Romans bathe, signifies that from you great Rome shall suck receiving blood, reviving blood, and that great men shall press for tinctures, stains, relics, and cognizance. This by Calpurnius' dream is signified. So actually, um, Dacius's uh, attempt to mollify Caesar here by saying it's a good omen is actually pretty ominous. Uh, he says the blood is, is going to be useful for um, tinctures, stains, relics, and cognizance. These are all religious elements uh, that were used uh, for the dead. Um, tincture um, was uh, used in communion. It was a... Uh, a cup of wine that the, the communion wafer could be dipped in uh, for the blood of Christ. Uh, relics, of course, also coming from the dead. Um, so there's a rather ominous undertone to that. Caesar, <clears throat> in this way, have you well expounded it, Dacius? I have, when you have heard what I can say. And know it now, the Senate have concluded this day a crown to mighty Caesar. If you will send them word you will not come, their minds may change. Besides, were a mock apt to be rendered for someone to say, break up the Senate till another time when Caesar's wife shall meet with better dreams. If Caesar hide himself, shall they not whisper, lo, Caesar is afraid. Pardon me, Caesar, for my dear love to you proceeding. Bids me tell you this, and reason to my love is liable. Okay, so uh, he speaks of Caesar there also in a third person. So, uh, uh, maybe he's already becoming a god that you speak about that way. Caesar, how foolish do your fears seem now, Calpurnia? I am ashamed I did yield to them. Give me my robe, for I will go. Notice he says, now I will go, not Caesar will go. Uh, enter Brutus, Ligarius, Metallus, Casca, Trebonius, Cinna, and Publius. The conspirators, I suppose. Uh, still Caesar. And look where Publius has come to fetch me. Publius. Good morrow, Caesar. Caesar, welcome, Publius. What, Brutus, are you stirred so early, too? Good morrow, Casca. Cassius Longarius. Caesar, 
was ne'er so much your enemy as that same og which made you which hath made you lean okay so there again uh, uh cassius is a lean and hungry look uh but apparently they were enemies caesar and and, and uh, uh cassius at some place chaos at some point what's the o'clock um, Brutus Caesar, tis strucken eight, Caesar. I thank you for your pains and courtesy. Enter Anthony. See, Anthony, that revels long in nights is notwithstanding up. Good morrow, Anthony. Okay, so Anthony was known as a as a playboy and somebody who was drinking all the time and, and so forth. Um, Anthony, so to most noble Caesar, Caesar to servant, bid them prepare within. I am to blame to thus to be thus waited for. Servant exits. Now, Senna, now Matullus, what, Trebonius? I have an hour's talk in store for you. Remember that you call on me today. Be near me that I may remember you. Okay. They're all going to be near him, of course. Trebonius, Caesar, I will, aside. And so near will I be that your best friend shall wish I had been further, Caesar. Good friends, go in and taste some wine with me, and we like friends will straightway go together. Okay, so Caesar appears completely oblivious to the conspiracy. Brutus aside, that ever like is not the same, O Caesar. Caesar, the heart of Brutus earns to think upon. They exit. Scene three. Enter Artemidorus reading a paper. Artemidorus, Caesar, beware of Brutus. Take heed of Cassius. Come not near Casca, have an eye to Senna, trust not Trebonius. Mark well, Metellus Kymber, Decius Brutus loves thee not. Now it's wrong, Caius Longarius. There is but one mind in all these men, and it is bent against Caesar. If thou beest not immortal, look about you. Security gives way to conspiracy. The mighty gods defend thee. Okay, if thou, thou beest not immortal, so he's on the verge of becoming a god. Thy lover? Artemidorus. Here will I stand till Caesar pass along, and as a suitor will I give him this. My heart laments that virtue cannot live out of the teeth of emulation. If thou read this, O Caesar, thou mayst live. If not, the fates with traitors do contrive. He exits. Scene four. Enter Portius and Lucius. Portia, I pray thee, boy, run to the senate house. Stay not to answer me, but get thee gone. Why dost thou stay, Lucius, to know my errand, madam? Portia, I would have had thee there and here again, where I can tell thee what thou shouldst do there, aside. O oh, constancy, be strong upon my side. Set a huge mountain between my heart and tongue. I have a man's mind, but a woman's might. How hard it is for a woman to keep counsel. Are thou her yet? Lucius, madam, what should I do? Run to the capital and nothing else? And so to return to you and nothing else? Portia, yes, bring me word, boy, if, thy lord, if my lord look well, for he went sickly forth. And take good note what Caesar doth, what suitors press to him. Heart boy, what noise is that? Lucius, I hear none, madam. Portia, pray thee listen well. I hear a bustling rumor like a fray, and the wind brings it from the capital. Lucius, sooth, madam, I hear nothing. Enter the soothsayer. Okay, sooth. Uh, yeah, this is sooth, madam. That means truth. Um, okay, I guess it means God's truth. Uh, and then the soothsayer, the true sayer, comes in. Portia, come hither, fellow. Which way hast thou been, soothsayer? At mine own house, good lady. Portia, what's the o'clock, soothsayer? About the ninth hour, lady. Portia, is Caesar yet gone to the capital? Soothsayer, soothsayer. Madam, not yet. I go to take my stand to see him pass on to the capital. Portia, thou hast some suit to Caesar, hast thou not? 
Caesar. That I have, lady, if it will please Caesar to be so good to Caesar as to hear me, I shall beseech him to befriend himself. Portia, why knowest thou any harms intended towards him? Caesar, none that I know will be, much that I fear may chance. Good morrow to you. Here the street is narrow. The throng that follows Caesar at the heels of senators, of praetors, common suitors, will crowd a feeble man almost to death. I'll get me a place more void, and there speak to great Caesar as he comes along. He exits. Okay. Looks like they're on the way to the capital, and yet Portia thought that Caesar was already there when she was talking to Lucius. Oh, well, she's quite distracted. <clears throat> Portia, I must go in. Aside, I, me, how weak a thing the heart of woman is. Oh, Brutus, heaven speed thee in thine enterprise. Sure, the boy heard me to Lucius. Brutus hath a suit that Caesar will not grant. Aside, oh, I grow faint. Run, Lucius, commend me to my lord. Say, I am merry. Come to me again, and bring me word that he does what he does say to thee. They exit separately. Act three, scene one. Flourish, enter Caesar, Anthony, Lepidus, Brutus, Cassius, Casca, Decius, Metellus, Trebonius, Cinna, Publius, Publius, Artemidorus, the soothsayer, and other senators and petitioners. Okay, so everybody's there. Um, Lepidus was in the first triumvirate, I believe, with Caesar. Um, Possibly Pompey, I can't remember. At any rate, Caesar. The Ides of March are come, says Sayer. I, Caesar, but not gone. Okay, famous little exchange there. Artemiodorus. Hail, Caesar. Read the schedule. That was the warning that he wrote out. Decius. Trebonus doth desire you to or read at your best leisure. This is humble suit. Okay, so Decius immediately uh, uh, comes in with his own so that Caesar won't read the warning. Artemidorus, O oh, Caesar, read mine first, reminds the suit that touches Caesar near. Read it, great Caesar. Caesar, what touches us ourselves shall be last served. Okay, so he's a good commander there uh, that cares for others before himself. Artemidorus, delay not, Caesar, read it instantly. Caesar, what is the fellow mad? Publius, Sirrah, give place. Cassius, what urge you your petition in the street? Come to the capital. Caesar goes forward, the rest following. Popilius to Cassius, I wish your enterprise today may thrive. Cassius, what enterprise, Popilius? Popilius, fare you well. He walks away. Brutus, what said uh, Popilius Lena? Cassius, he wished today our enterprise might thrive. I fear our purpose is discovered. Brutus, look how he makes to Caesar. Mark him, Cassius. Casca, be sudden, for we fear prevention. Brutus, what shall be done? If this be known, Cassius or Caesar never shall turn back, for I will say myself. Brutus, Cassius, be constant. Popius Lena speaks not of our purposes, for look, he smiles, and Caesar does not, doth not change. Cassius, Trebonius knows his time, for look, he, Brutus, he draws Mark Antony out of the way. Okay, so they uh, <coughs> contrived to get Mark Antony uh, away from Caesar. Trebonius and Anthony exit. Decius, where's Metellus Chimer? Let him go and presently prefer his suit to Caesar. Brutus, he is addressed. Press near and second him. Senna, Casca, you are the first that rears your hand. Caesar, are we all ready? What is now amiss that Caesar and his Senate must redress? Okay, so apparently they are in the capital now. Metellus kneeling. Most high, most mighty, and most puissant Caesar. Tell us, Chimer, throws before thy seed an humble heart, Caesar. 
I must prevent thee, Keimer, these couchings and these lowly courtesies might fire the blood of ordinary men and turn preordinance in first degree into the law of children. Be not fond to think that Caesar bears such rebel blood that will be thawed from the two quality, which melteth fools. Okay, rebel blood there, uh, which the rebels are about to spill blood. Without which melteth fools, I mean sweet words, low crooked curtsies, and base spaniel fawning. He's like a dog. Thy brother by decree is banished. And if thou dost bend and pray and fawn for him, I spurn thee like a cur out of my way. No, Caesar doth not wrong, nor without cause will he be satisfied. Antullus, is there no voice more worthy than my own to sound more sweetly in great Caesar's ear for the repealing of my banished, banished brother? Brutus kneeling. I kiss thy hand, but not in flattery, Caesar, desiring thee that Publius Chimer may have an immediate freedom of repeal. Caesar, what? Brutus? Cassius kneeling. Pardon, Caesar. Caesar, pardon. As low as to thy foot doth Cassius fall to beg in Frenchman for Publius Chimer. Caesar. I could be well moved if I were as you. If I could pray to move, prayers would move me. But I am constant as the northern star. Okay, there again, a famous line. Of, of whose true fixed and resting quality there is no fellow in the firmament. The skies are painted with unnumbered sparks. They are all on fire and every one doth shine. But there's one and all doth hold his place. So in the world tis furnished well with men. And men are flesh and blood and apprehensive. Yet in the number I do know but one that unassailable holds on his rank. Unshaked of motion. And that I am he, let me a little show it. Even in this, that I was constant, Keimer should be banished. And constant do remain to keep him so. Okay. Caesar is uh, elevating himself now to the stars. I guess that's like to the gods. So not kneeling. Oh, Caesar. Caesar, hence. Will that lift up Olympus? Okay, there again, see, he's deifying himself. Tessius kneeling. Great Caesar, Caesar. Doth not Brutus bootless kneel? Casca, speak hands for me. As Casca strikes, the other rise up and stab Caesar. Caesar, et tu, Brute? Then fall, Caesar, he dies. Okay, very famous line there, et tu, Brute. Uh, the Latin, I guess, literally means, and you, Brutus. This is usually translated as, even you, uh, Brutus. At any rate, he considered Brutus his friend. And that was it. He falls, Caesar. So this is sometimes played as he fights everybody until he sees uh, uh, Brutus doing this. And I've seen it done where he, like, goes, the Caesar character goes from one conspirator to another and receives a dra dagger stroke individually. Uh, more likely, it was a sort of a mass stabbing. He dies. So now, liberty, freedom, tyranny is dead. Run hence, proclaim, cry it about the streets, Cassius. Some to the common pulpits and cry out, liberty, freedom, and enfranchisement. Okay, so they're going to get their votes back. Brutus, people and senators, be not affrighted. Fly not, stand still. Ambition's debt is paid. Okay, so that's the tragic flaw of Caesar, apparently, was that he was ambitious. Casca, go to the pulpit, Brutus. Decius, and Cassius, too. Brutus, where's Publius? Senna, here, quite confounded with this mutiny. I thought he was the one who knew about it. I mean, this Popilius. Anyway, Metellus, stand fast together, lest some friend of Caesar's should chance. Brutus, talk not of standing. Publius, good cheer. There's no harm intended to your person, nor to no Roman else. So tell them, Publius. 
Cassius, and leave us, Publius, lest that the people rushing on us should do your aid some mischief. Brutus did so, and let no man abide this deed, but we the doers. All but the conspirators exit under Trebonius. Cassius, where is Anthony? Trebonius fled to his house amazed. Men, wives, and children stare, cry out, and run as if it were doomsday. Brutus, fates, we will know your pleasures. That we shall die, we know, tis but the time in drawing days out that men stand upon. Casca, why, he that cuts off 20 years of life cuts off so many years of fearing death. Okay, so they seem very brave there. They know they, uh, they might be killed for killing Caesar, but they say, hey, we're going to die anyway. Brutus, grant that, <clears throat> and then is death a benefit. So we are Caesar's friends. Would that have abridged his time of fearing death? Of course, he said he he didn't fear death because uh, he because um, uh, the cowards die all the time. But he said he had no fear of death. So maybe they uh, it looks like there's a double meaning here. They could be talking about their own death. But uh, uh, Brutus is saying, hey, you know, we we eliminated Caesar's fear of death by killing him. Stoop, Romans, stoop, and let us bathe our hands in Caesar's blood up to the elbows. And besmear our swords, and walk we forth even to the marketplace, and waving our red weapons over our heads, let's all cry, peace, freedom, and liberty. Okay, rather a ghoulish thing to do, but it does uh, comport with uh, Calpurnia's dream, that his blood is being seen as a, a relic, if you will. Cassius, stoop then and wash. They smear their hands and swords with Caesar's blood. How many ages hence shall this our lofty scene be acted over in states unborn and accents yet unknown? Of course, um, the death of Caesar, is the conspiracy was played many times, uh, not least, of course, by, by Shakespeare. But there were other uh, plays on it. In fact, um, <clears throat> there's a line in Hamlet where... Uh, um, it's spoken of as, as one of the, the plays that Polonius played, and he played uh, Julius Caesar, and Hamlet makes a pun of that. Uh, that um, let's see, what is it? Uh, Polonius says that he was killed by Brutus in the capital, and Hamlet says, how brute a crime to kill so capital a fellow. So at any rate, plays uh, of um, Caesar's death were, were well known. Brutus. How many times shall Caesar bleed in sport that now on Pompey's basis lies along no worthier than the dust? Okay, so um, Caesar died at the foot of Pompey's statue, who was his great enemy, Cassius. So oft as that shall be, so often shall the knot of us be called the men who gave their country liberty. Because that's not really what they're called. Maybe because they weren't successful. Um, but you see they're dressing it up then. Um, and calling it liberty, Decius. What shall we forth? Caius. I, every man away, Cassius, every every man away. Brutus shall lead, and we will grace his heels with the most boldest and best hearts of Rome. Enter a servant. Brutus, soft, who comes here? A friend of Anthony's, servant kneeling. Thus, Brutus, did my master bid me kneel. Thus did Mark Anthony bid me fall down, and being prostrate, Thus he bade me say, Brutus is noble, wise, valiant, and honest. Okay, so we're going to hear Anthony's speech where he says some of these things, and uh, perhaps leading to sarcasm. 
still the servant. Caesar was mighty, bold, bold, royal, and loving. Okay, so he's giving Caesar a, a royal title there. Say, I love Brutus and I honor him. Say, I feared Caesar, honored him, and loved him. If Brutus will vouchsafe that Anthony may safely come to him and be resolved how Caesar hath deserved to lie in death, Mark Anthony shall not love Caesar dead, so well as Brutus living, but will follow the fortunes and affairs of noble Brutus to the ha hazards of this untrod state with all true faith. So says my master Anthony. Brutus, thy master is a wise and valiant Roman. I never thought him worse. Tell him, so please him come into this place. He shall be satisfied and by my honor depart untouched. Servant, I'll, him, I'll fetch him presently. Servant exits. Brutus, I know we shall have him well to friend. In fact, Anthony uh, did fight on the side of the Senate for a while, I believe. Oh, well. Cassius, I wish we, we may, but yet I have a mind that fears him much, and my misgiving still fail, falls shrewdly to the purpose. Enter Anthony. Brutus, but here comes Anthony. Welcome. Mark Anthony. Anthony, O oh, mighty Caesar, dost thou lie so low? Are all thy conquests, glories, triumphs, spoils shrunk to this little measure? Fare thee well. I know not, gentlemen, what you intend. What else may, must be let blood? Who else is rank? If I myself, there is no hour so fit as Caesar's death hour, nor no instrument of half that worth as those your swords made rich with the most noble blood of all this world. I do beseech you, if you bear me hard, now whilst your purpled hands do reek and smoke, fulfill your pleasure. Okay, purpled hands, that's with blood, but also, I guess, a foreshadowing of uh, uh, that Caesar was an emperor and they had, uh, they had killed him. Uh, purple is always uh, uh, synonymous uh, with, uh, with the emperors. Live a thousand years, I shall not find myself so apt to die. No place will please me so, no mean of death, as here by Caesar and by you cut off the choice and master spirits of this age. Brutus, O Anthony, beg not your death of us, though now we must appear bloody and cruel, as by our hands in this our present act. You see we do, yet see you but our hands, and this the bleeding business they have done. Our hearts you see not, they are pitiful. And pity to the general wrong of Rome, as fire drives out fire, so pity, pity hath done this deed on Caesar. For your part, to you our swords have leaden points, Mark Anthony. Okay, they won't they won't turn, they're they're dull. Our arms and strength of malice, our hearts of brothers' temper do receive you in with all kind love, good thoughts and reverence, Cassius. Your voice shall be as strong as any man's in disposing of new dignities. Okay, Cassius, very practical, cynical, I guess you could say, saying so he's promising him um, spoils from the death. Brutus, only be patient till we have appeased the multitude beside themselves with fear, and then we will deliver you the cause why I that did that did love Caesar when I struck him have thus proceeded. Anthony, I doubt not of your wisdom. Okay. Uh, you know, it could be an ironic statement there. <laughs> he doubt not his wisdom doesn't mean he thinks there was. Um, could be he thinks he, he can trick him, which he's going to do. Back to the text to Anthony. Let each man render me his bloody hand. First, Marcus Brutus, will I shake with you? Next, Caius Cassius, do I take your hand? Now, Decius Brutus, yours. Now, you're Metellus. Now, yours, Cinna, then my valiant Casca, yours. 
the last, not least in love, yours, good Trebonius, gentlemen all, alas, what shall I say? My credit now stands on such slippery ground that one or two bad ways you must conceit me, either a coward or a flatterer, that I did love thee, Caesar. Oh, tis true. If then thy spirit look upon us now, okay, great Caesar's ghost, maybe, shall it not grieve thee dearer than thy death to see thy Anthony making his peace, shaking the bloody fingers of thy foes, most noble in the presence of thy corpse? Had I as many eyes as I a house wounds, weeping as fast as a stream forth thy blood, it would become me better than to close in terms of friendship with thine enemies. Pardon me, Julius. Here was thou bade, brave heart. Okay, bade, that's like the hounds uh, coming after him. Brave heart, H-A-R-T, but of course, uh, pun on H-E-A-R-T. <clears throat> Back to the text, oh, Anthony. Here dost thou fall, and here thy hunters stand, signed in thy spoil, and crimsoned in thy leaf. Leafy? At any rate, it's the uh, river of Hades. O world, thou wast the forest to this heart, H-A-R-T. And this indeed, O world, the heart, H-E-A-R-T, of thee. How like a deer, strucken in many princes, dost thou here lie? Cassius, Mark Anthony. Anthony, pardon me, Cassius. The enemies of Caesar shall say this. Then in a friend, it is cold modesty. Cassius, I blame you not for praising Caesar so. But what compact mean you to have with us? Will you be pricked in numbers of our friends? Or shall we on and not depend on you, Anthony? Therefore I took your hands, but was indeed swayed from the point by looking down on Caesar. Friends am I with you all and love you all upon this hope that you shall give me reasons why and wherein Caesar was dangerous, Brutus. Or else were this a savage spectacle. Our reasons are so full of good regard that were you, Anthony, the son of Caesar, you would be satisfied. Anthony, that's all I seek. I am moreover suitor that I may produce his body to the marketplace, and in the pulpit as becomes a friend, speak in the order of his funeral. Oh, watch out, Brutus. Brutus, you shall mark Anthony. Cassius, Brutus, a word with you. Aside to Brutus, you know not what you do. Do not consent that Anthony may speak in his funeral. Know you how much the people may be moved by that which he will utter. Brutus, you should have listened to Cassius. Brutus aside to Cassius. By your pardon, I will myself into the pulpit first and show the reason of our Caesar's death. With Anthony shall speak, I will protest. He speaks by leave and by permission. And that we are a contented Caesar shall have all true rights and lawful ceremonies. It shall advantage more than do us wrong. Cassius aside to Brutus. I know not what may fall. I like it not, Brutus. Mark Anthony. Here, take you Caesar's body. You shall not in your funeral speech blame us, but speak all good you can devise of Caesar, and say so you do by our permission. Else shall you not have any hand at all about his funeral. Okay, Brutus isn't very smart on this. Once he starts speaking, it's all over. Oh, well. And you shall speak in the same pulpit whereto I am going, after my speech is ended. Anthony, be it so. I do desire no more. Brutus, prepare the body then and follow us. All but Anthony exit. Anthony, oh, pardon me, thou bleeding piece of earth, that I am meek and gentle with these butchers that art the ruins of the noblest man that ever lived in the tide of times. Woe to the hand that shed this costly blood. <clears throat> Over thy wounds now do I prophesy. 
which like dumb mouths do open their ruby lips to beg the voice and utterance of my tongue. Okay, the wounds, the rents and the, the openings in the flesh have become like mouths. Back to the text to Anthony. <clears throat> A curse shall light upon the limbs of men. Domestic fury and fierce civil strife shall cumber all the parts of Italy. Blood and destruction shall be so in use and dreadful objects so familiar that mothers shall but smile when they behold their infants quartered with the hands of war. All pity choked with custom of fell deeds, and Caesar's spirit, ranging for revenge, with eight by his side come hot from hell, shall in these confines, with a monarch's voice, cry havoc, and let slip the dogs of war, that this foul deed shall smell above the earth, with carrion men groaning for burial. Okay. That's another uh, famous line, cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war. So uh, yeah, a little bit more before the speeches start of uh, the funeral speeches, but we'll pick them up that next time. And until then, I do.